Greetings in the name of the Most High, and welcome to the Reconscious Medical Hour. You are on the Notorious Adam Dunn Network. The Reconscious Medical Hour explores mind expansion, psychedelic use, with groundbreaking, notorious guests from all over the world. And this strong, we're really excited to have our two special best, as I call them, Masha and Evan. And we'll introduce them in just a second. First, a quick history of psilocybin, which is one of the premier uses of a mushroom for mind expansiveness and consciousness for psychedelic psychotherapy. In 1957, psilocybin gained, no, gained notoriety in the United States after mycologist Gordon Wasson wrote an article in Life magazine describing the use of psilocybin mushrooms in a ritual ceremony he witnessed on a trip in Mexico. Following in 1960, Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert began to explore the, the effects of psychedelic substances on human mind at Harvard University. In 1968, Congress passed the Staggers-Dodd Bill, which amended the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. As a result, possession of psilocybin mushrooms became a federally illegal act. 1970, the Food and Drug Administration labeled psilocybin a Schedule I controlled substance under the Controlled Substance Act. Then in 1992, the National Institute on Drug Abuse partnered with the FDA to allow the, for psychedelic research at John Hopkins Center for Psychedelics and Consciousness Research, conducting several successful studies in treating symptoms associated with terminal disease, depression, and addiction. Today, the University of San Francisco local municipalities have, excuse me, the, the local municipalities have decriminalized psilocybin, specifically Denver, Colorado, Oakland, California, and Santa Cruz, California. The USONA Institute tests the use of psilocybin in treating symptoms of depression. And in other studies, more than two-thirds of those identified themselves as atheists before the psychedelic experience no longer identified themselves as atheists afterwards. <laughs> the have decriminalized psilocybin specifically Denver, Colorado, Oakland, California. These experiences were rated as among the most personally meaningful and spiritual significant lifetime experiences with moderate to strong, persisting positive changes in life satisfaction, purpose, and meaning attributed to the psilocybin experience. So that's a little quick introduction to psilocybin and psychedelics here on the Reconscious Medical Hour, Simon. Specifically, right now, the Denver, I guess I'd like to open on the show is Evan. And Evan is a trendsetter in the music industry. He's an amazing cat and a long-term friend of mine. He's, uh, he's got a group called Indubious, and they are a ragatronic transformational medicine reggae band from Bend, Oregon. He's a healed individual. He communicates through music. He is a, a man who uh, studies consciousness and is a living example of what psychedelics mindfulness can do in creating uh, profound experiences and new visions in life. Welcome, Evan Ebton B. Burton from Indubious, right here to the Reconscious Medical Hour. That's right. Thanks for the introduction, Rasta Stevie. Love you, brother. It's a, it's an honor to be here with y'all. And um, it's true, we are longtime friends. And, you know, that's kind of why I'm here, because our talks are so highly positive and, and, and good that we, you know, it makes sense to share this, um, this vibe with the world, you know, as, as all that we can. Well, we're really excited to have you, Evan. Hey, brother, um, tell the people about your journey through childhood into adulthood and why I call you a walking miracle. Well, 
I appreciate that, sir, and I'm happy to do that. Um, I think we're all walking miracles. I'm just happen to be someone who's experienced circumstances in my life that have that has awakened me to the reality of the miracle that we are. Um, and when I was born, um, I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, and me and my brother actually were both in the band Indubious. And um, we were diagnosed with cystic fibrosis and given about 18 years to live. And so we kind of grew up thinking that was our reality. So we had no choice but to um, deal with that. And it gave us um, a sense of our own mortality. And really what it did was it guided us to doing exactly what we wanted to do because our time was short, which... Um, I would, I would advise everybody to do so. <laughs> saying, um, in order to truly live, first you must die. So it's really nice to know that we are here for the time we are here to do exactly what we are meant to do. And when we find ourselves wasting our time on things that feel necessary, societally kind of pressed into our experience and we're not feeling joy and excitement and love in our being, it's usually not the best thing for us. So I'm just blessed enough to have this from an early age. And that's what kind of led us into this indubious path, which started really as music and now has really turned into a lot more than that as we expand in our own uh, spiritual, mystic kind of uh, life path. Um, the music has taken um, its taken shape as a vessel of that message. And our motto is to live in dubiously, which is in dubious is to have no fear, no doubt, uh, certainty that we are here for a reason. It's all good. It's all good. Cause it's all God. And, um, we're just blessed and we get more blessed when we recognize how blessed we are, because that is the power of our word and our perception. True that. That's Evan from the Indubious awesome. band. Hey brother, tell us about your experiences with plant medicine through your life. Well, um, it's funny. I was I was smiling a little bit when you were reading that um, that statement of uh, it was that recent study about um, psilocybin, how it's like the most transformational experiences of these people's lives. I mean, I think that anyone that has done it is going to have that um, perception, and the small percentage of people that don't have that perception that have a negative experience in psychedelics, um, I think there's. Um, resistance usually in those people they're not allowing the healing to take place or it's bringing up some demons inside of them that they simply are not ready to face and um that's fine it's it, it, it is not for everybody um, but it's very powerful medicine and um all of the things that psychedelics have done for me in my life the lasting um impressions awarenesses um growth that i have experienced um, it's been a big catalyst for, for, um, what it, the view that I've crafted on my world, you know, and it gives me a window into the fact that the only real reality that there is, is the reality that we perceive. And so when we are allowed to clear our brain of the societally placed uh, collective reality that we all subscribe to, we're allowed to come from a place of purity of what resonates with us. And that's what psychedelics has allowed me to do. See where I want to sit, witness real true magic in the sense that I decide something different, I perceive something different, and then the whole world changes around me. And these are lasting, lasting um, effects, very positive for me and everyone around me. And, and that's, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that so that our, our guests can kind of understand how they can use these medications to help themselves. And, and what I'm hearing is that these patterns of thought that we get stuck in because of messages we've gotten from society or our families or our friends that we put into our reality, we can create new ones with psychedelics. Yes. Uh, I mean, in a sense, yes. I, it, what it does is it, it disrupts the neural pathways because the neural pathways are, you know, thought patterns that we travel down a lot. And we travel down a lot of thought patterns. We wake up, we drink our coffee, we brush our teeth, we do this and that and that. And it, it, we can easily become stagnant and prone to thinking the same thoughts. And when um, we take psychedelics, it, it, frazzles up all those neurons and allows us to build new ones. It allows us to see things in new ways we never have. It allows us to think in ways that we're not um, conditioned to thinking. And it allows us to take um, 
you know, take ownership of our thoughts and create new ones if we wish to do so. Because the beliefs, our beliefs and our thoughts are the most powerful thing that we have because they are creating the world around us. And when we change those, everything changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes, but if something changes, everything changes. But man, part of that process sometimes is looking at your demons, huh? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, um, I wish it was all easy. You know, from a human ego perspective, I, I would love everything to be easy and comfortable. But um, the creator, in the infinite wisdom, understands that it's through the contrast of positive experiences and negative experiences that we grow. We cannot have this physical earth realm without all of these experiences. And so, in an effort to become fully, you know, uh, fully into human beings, um, we have to honor the dark and the light. We have to look at the dark sides of ourselves and we have to acknowledge it. We have to give it love. We can't run away from it. We have to see it, love it, feel it, experience it, see what it's there to tell us. Because these bad things are not here to hurt us. They are here to teach us. So but that's something people need to prepare for, right? Because you mentioned like sometimes people can be scared or, or if they have a bad experience because they see things they don't want to see. Yeah. But that's something that we can educate and prepare people for so that they can gain out of the journey the way that, that we know how. Yeah, I think that I think that's 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 great. Um I do think that our own intuition is usually the best indicator, you know. Some people are very inherently scared by these things, and some people don't want to do them. And, if it, you know, I don't think anyone should do anything they don't want to do it. But if, when we are ready to experience growth and ready to look at some darker things, for example, um, just simple things like talking to a counselor. A lot of people don't want to talk about dark things, but we realize that by talking about them and getting them off our chest or looking at them or allowing to have an outside perspective on them, um, we can kind of uh, integrate and grow from them. So, man, this is a reason why I'm so excited as a therapist about working with these medications yeah. because I've sat with people on the couch for years <laughs> without them looking at certain dark things. People will talk around it for for a better part of a decade, man, spent thousands of dollars in time not getting there. And psychedelics, I liken to a throughway, man. It, it, they take you right there to those things that you don't want to look at. And I, that's where the, so much growth can occur. It really does. Um, it's powerful stuff. And um, it's, uh, we live in such an incredible time in so many different ways. And the fact that this is a, a now being allowed to be approached from a, um, a, a health and wellness perspective, is, it's monumental for the world. Um, it's just, uh, well, it's yeah. funny because you speak about wellness perspective because um, a lot of people approach life from a non-wellness perspective. And Evan, I've known you a long time, and you don't function that. You function from a wellness perspective, which is that change in perception that we speak of, right? That's right. Um, and, 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 and we all live in this, you know, faith versus circumstantial universe you spoke to me before. Can you elaborate a little more on, on that faith versus circumstantial universe and explain that to the folks? Absolutely. I mean, this kind of relates back to um, talking about um, our quote-unquote demons or shadow side allowing to be present. Because when we run away from things that are um, negative or dark or things that we don't prefer, what we're essentially doing is we're casting our intentional vote to the universe that some things are good, some things are bad. I like some things, I don't like some things. Things just happen to us. It's, we live in a circumstantial universe and where we need to run away from some things and run towards others. Um, and this is you know, a very common perspective, but it's based on a physical reality of us being in a, a universe of circumstance but when we can learn to embrace all things and no longer run from things and understand that there is no good without bad that it's all part of ourselves that you know there's no mistakes in creation we are perfect beings we are whole beings right here right now and we accept all that is that's living in faith and when we live in faith and we can agree that the perfection exists regardless of what we're feeling in that time, we can see more perfection in creation. We bring it out by accepting it. 
Um, these are, this is power. This is powerful medicine. Um, non-duality, man. It's beautiful stuff. Thank you for that question. No, I feel you, brother, big time. And you know, your reggae rich tronica music is like medicine music and it's transformational music. And it's really wonderful, Evan, to hear you elaborate, you know, on the show today because the message rings true in your music, but it's really nice to hear you share your story with the people. So we really appreciate you coming on to the show today. Again, that's Evan. We call him Evton B, last name Burton. He is a truth seeker, as you can see, a super inspired individual. A key brethren and their band in Dubious out of Bend, Oregon, is a must-see band and a must-see listen. Their brand new album's called Belief, and it's uh, debuted on number one on iTunes on the reggae chart. And the, him and his brother and their mu singers and players of the music are an experience that you really, I encourage you all to experience sometime. As soon as this uh, latest opportunity called COVID lifts up, you'll see Indubious on the road spreading their love to the people and transforming people through song, dance, music, and experience. So, Evan, once again, thank you very much, brother. And stay with us, right? Say that, well, say that, uh, say that again, that last part. Stay with us, right? You're not going anywhere. Stay with us here. Here for the long haul, guys. <laughs> win it. Hey, I appreciate my brother. Um, I just just thought uh, of, yeah. I wanted to um, uh, leave y'all with the perspective of the the, the way that I've um, developed the perspective that I have of the light and the dark and the full integration and the the perfection of the universe is through my circumstance of being born with a quote unquote disease. And now, essentially. Um, where I stand from my perspective now, it's not a disease. It's been an opportunity and a blessing for me to become the person that I am. So moving forward with that intention and that integration in my heart, when something bad happens to me, I can go, ah, another opportunity for growth. And it makes life so much more beautiful. So just to bring things full circle, I wanted to um, give that last message there. No, we want more message from you. You know, feel free to jump in on the on the on the conversation here. You know, all is one, as you say in the music. We're all is one here on the Reconscious Medical Group. Thanks everybody for joining us here on the Reconscious Medical Group. If you're just joining us, we're here every Sunday at 4:20 on the Notorious Adam Dunn Network, and we bring mind expansion, psychedelic psychotherapy, cannabis, ketamine psilocybin we use them all and we bring it all to the forefront right here on the adam dunn network right now i'd like to introduce to you our second special best really excited to have this empress from florida she's an entrepreneur a speaker a lobbyist she's a consultant a branding queen she's heavily into psychic uh, psyche literacy she's a navigator an advocate and a, and a true worker in, in uplifting the people through positive um, advocation and education in psychedelics and cannabis. She's the chief vision officer of Extract Collective. She's responsible for corporate development of ACS Labs, one of the leading cannabis test labs in the world. And she's also an advisor for Mr. Psychedelic Law. I'd like everyone to meet and greet Masha. Thank you. Oh, did you hear that? Thank you, Evan. Okay, we heard that round of applause all the way from my listeners all over the world. Ashley, welcome to the program, sister. Thank you. That's that was a great intro. Um, I appreciate that. It's it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. I'm all those things. Not a lobbyist. Not not yet. But you know, we're just getting started here. So. Well, I, I called you lobbyist because of your work recently on the hemp bill in, in Florida. Tell us about that and the struggles of the hemp bill in Florida. Oh, okay. So, well, the testing laboratory, so ACS Laboratory, I spend a majority of my time um, working with them. And so we test cannabis in Florida and then hemp from 46 states. So the hemp program in Florida to cultivate just launched, and it's quite... You know, it's it's complex because there's a lot. It's it's very different from um, some of the other states, and it's a program that it took a lot of thought to put together. And the testing part of it, you know, it, it takes a lot of education for the farmers. So I'm focused on educating um, why do we have to test, what we have to test for, that kind of thing. So potency and hemp, you know, is gonna it's gonna kill. It's going to put a lot of people out of business if they're not careful about the types of seeds they use. So it's a very, you know, it's a, I could go on and on. I mean, it's a whole, 
you know, we don't have stable seeds yet in Florida. And potentially if people are jumping into it too fast and not without a, a plan and not testing and um, really looking at the bigger picture, you know, we could have a big problem here because we're an agricultural state. So it's very interesting to get to be in on the ground floor. Um, but That's true. You know, I called you lobbyist too because of your experience in Florida, which is not uh, reputed to be the most progressive politically and, <laughs> and and socially in a lot of. And you know, your work really is about legitimizing the industry. Tell us about how you work personally are working to legitimize the industry. Sure. So you know, a little background on me. I um, so I come from corporate America. My background. I started in tech. Um, I went to, so I'm from Philadelphia originally, and I, I went to American University and uh, George Washington University. So I started, actually went to business school. I have an MBA and started working on Wall Street. Wasn't for me. I pivoted into tech and then really spent, you know, probably 10 years in corporate America, but, um, you know, kind of jumping between some of the Fortune 100 and 500. And then you know, to go into cannabis and to go full steam into cannabis really meant that I wasn't going to be working with many of my other clients because it's highly stigmatized, right? So when you make that decision to come out of the cannabis closet, as I say, like when you come out, like you're out. And so it's an industry, you know, that I became very passionate about. I mean, I've always, you know, I've always loved cannabis and it was always stigmatized. You know, we always had to hide it growing up as kids and, um, just felt it just you always felt bad but the thing is the plant itself like it made you feel so good and i was like i couldn't understand like well how can something that makes you feel so good be bad for you you know instinctively like it just doesn't make sense so you know when i learned about the endocannabinoid system i was like i mean just a light bulb went off and i was like well duh <laughs> you know like well that makes a lot of sense you know the endocannabinoid system the way I, that I look at it is like if our DNA matches the cannabis DNA, you know, and if it goes like this, like a helix, anything that we're missing from our DNA, we can complement with a different cannabinoid, not necessarily THC. You know, there's over 112 of them. In fact, we just started testing for a new cannabinoid called CBT, right? So like every month there's like something new. So I became very passionate about it and... Um, when I jump into something, I'm all in, you know, it's kind of like, you can't dip your toe in cannabis, either you're all in or you're just, you're not. And I got sick in 2012. I got diagnosed with cancer right before my, uh, 40th birthday. And it was almost to stage three. Um, I had three tumors in my left breast. It was progressing quickly. And I, started researching cannabis again, you know, was, ex was exposed to different stories, found cannabis oil success stories, and just started reading about, you know, how people had healed themselves with oil and saw pictures. And just, I mean, I couldn't, something woke up, you know, inside of me and like to Evan's point, you know, when you get sick, um, cancer, I would never call it a gift because I wouldn't give it to anyone, but it was my greatest guru. You know, so it really taught me to listen to my body and music really, I think, helped my healing process tremendously as well. So um, it's kind of a long-winded answer, but I started out as a patient, you know, so I declined chemo and radiation and I mailed away for cannabis oil and it came in a turkey baster with no instructions, you know, it's just kind of like, well, just use a rice grain, you know, and it was like, it was RSO, you know, and back in the day it wasn't tested and it was like, and I had you know, my Russian Jewish parents and society and everyone, and I was a mom and I had everyone telling me like, you can't do this naturally. This isn't the right thing. And, you know, doctors like didn't want to work with me. So after only five weeks of cannabis oil prayer, I listened to, um, I did a lot of chanting and a lot of, um, I just chanted like triple mantra and Kundalini and, um, I only worked like two hours a day, whereas I usually worked like 12. And ironically, I had my best year that year when I worked only two hours a day. It's just, it's so crazy, like all the lessons. So um, I did wound up having surgery because there was so much pressure. And I just was like, okay, I'll have the surgery, but I just won't, you know, I won't do the 
radiation. And then when they did the surgery, they did a double mastectomy and reconstruction. And after he said to me, he, the doctor was like, I know what you did, but your tumors were gone. And I was like, well, you know what I did? I told you what I was doing. I was doing cannabis oil. And I was like, well, why did you operate? And he said, well, I'm a surgeon. That's what we do. We operate. So you signed away for it. So at that point, I knew that I was going to go into the industry because like, there was no way that anyone should have to go through what I went through. And, yeah. and I figured, you know, and it actually, I just started telling my story and I've been doing this. I've been in the industry for two and a half years now because I don't want to lead with that. You know, I really wanted to get to know like the infrastructure and, and who the deal makers were and which way the money was flowing, what the infrastructure uh, really allowed for. And so you have to almost be careful when you come at it from a patient advocacy side. But I knew deep down that it works, right? So like when you believe in the product, there's no one that's going to stop you ever. And so I knew that I believed in the plant. And um, yeah, it was just time. Wow. Cannabis started, you know, it, it passed in Florida, Amendment 2. And I was just like, I'm in. I moved to Boca at the time. Moved to Boca, and there were no dispensaries allowed in Boca Raton, and there were more recommending doctors than in any other place. And we were just like, "Well, what's going on here?" You know. So I started because I had experience doing corporate events and educational events, and um, I'd been working with um, the South Florida Interactive Marketing Association for years, like seven years of educational events once a month. So I thought that's what we're going to do. I'm going to start to educate, and I'm going to have different speakers and that's how I'll learn about it too. And so I had to come out of the closet, you know, like I had to come out on LinkedIn and of course I lost my clients, but that's okay. Cause you know, I got better clients. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so now I'm, I'm working with the laboratory and it's amazing because I learn about um, just the latest. I mean, we just started testing for these things. It's PAH. And it turns out that when you're using cryogenic, um, ethanol extraction, it releases, there's carbons that get released. And same thing with the, um, uh, the CO2. There are certain carcinogens that get released and it's not a residual solvent. It's like something else that you have to test for. It's not a requirement, right? No state mandates it yet. But to have the technology like, and to know this and then to be able to educate and then to look for that, that's huge right now because everything is moving towards extraction. So if we know that as a lab and we can warn extractors and, and makers and say, hey, we've got a test for this too. This is something, you know, it's in every way that we can improve the industry and be the best version of ourselves. You know, that's really what, what I'm about. And um, I want to bring that to psychedelics and, and sort of take the same model um, and, and not call them psychedelics, you know, I'd like to call them antheogens because it's a bigger group and a psychedelics really is refers more back to like what people were doing in the 60s, whereas antheogens, this is the plant medicine that indigenous people have been working with for thousands of years. You know, antheogens are, it covers all plant medicine, um, whereas like psilocybin covers, you know, just mushrooms um, and that's limited. So... Let's talk about, can you give our viewers the definition of entheogen to get everybody um, on the same page with us, Mosh? We can. Let's see. There's, um, I, there's a really good one from my friends at Double Blind Magazine that I absolutely love. And if you guys don't know Big about Big shout out to Double Blind. Yes. Yeah, big shout out to Double Blind. Um, this is a media company that's devoted to psychedelics, um, they, and antheogens, and just all plant medicine, you know, they have this beautiful style of writing and art and content and education. Um, um, they just released a class on how to grow mushrooms, which I just uh, signed up for, which, I mean, they're just amazing. It's beautiful what they're doing. And it's very, it's just, it's, it's, we need this right now, I think, because of everything that's happening you know, with COVID. And I mean, if I didn't have psilocybin, I don't know how people could get through this. You know? well, how, how do you get, so what's that class you're talking about? Okay. So double blind just released a class on how to grow mushrooms. It's really cool. 
Um, That's important for everyone to hear. It's really important. And for our radio and for our uh, viewing audience, the, the word is antiogens. And antiogens. tell me if I'm spelling it right there, guys. A-N-T-E-O-G-E-N-S. Antiogens. Is that it? That's it. Because I Googled it and I spelled it a bunch of ways and nothing came up. And I was like, this shows how little research and consciousness there is in, in you know, uh, destigmatizing psychedelics. Because when you say psychedelics, it's sort of like knocking on the door and want to talk about Jesus. Well, if you knock on the door and you say Ja Rastafari and music, everybody wants to hear it. You knock on Jesus, they close the door in your face. So, and to keep the door open, and we can shift our, our word sound from psychedelics to antiogens. And then maybe we can bring, you know, more people to the forefront. You know, you talk about the transition of cannabis. We've seen cannabis make great strides in America with medical marijuana being legal all across America, pretty much. And, you know, recreational legal marijuana is gaining steam in many states. Colorado led the way. How do you see the transition of cannabis to the transition of antiogens in the industries? Well, cannabis is also an antiogen, right? So um, the okay. right. So the definition, so Decriminalize Nature, which is an amazing organization, they do a lot of educating and they're the ones lobbying. So when we mentioned the cities that they were now decriminalized and I think that, de that Decriminalize Nature as a group, um, you know, they were really, uh, they were, um, like essential in, in the progress that was made. And what he what they were saying that in the 60s, so psychedelics is more related to the 60s and to the counterculture, whereas antheogens are related to practices that have been around for millennia. So it's more, they facilitate a spiritual connection with nature. And uh, the term, the term, it's not been used very often. So it's more of like a spirituality. So, you know, I mean, in indigenous societies, people used antheogens for medicine and it was just part of their lives, you know, and somewhere here, it, we just, we went in a different direction. So now that they're making a renaissance, it's important that we don't, you know, polarize and, and, and have people think that, you know, it's all about recreational. And look, there's nothing wrong with recreational and I'm not, listen, it's people are different, but the thing is, is we are truly needed to reconnect with nature and to go inside our own mind, right? Like, why is it against the law to go inside your own mind? Think about it. Why is one mushroom okay and another mushroom not okay? You know? Why, why does recreation and, and medicinal have to be so divergent? Why can't we recreate yeah. by uplifting ourselves medically and spiritually? Yeah. That sounds like great recreation. It sounds better than going to a concert and drinking a bunch of beers. Well, nothing can be better for your health than to feel at ease and feel peaceful and have something that makes you feel good, you know? So Great that. recreation, huh, Evan? So, you know, and also <laughs> with cannabis, I feel like a lot of it is it's stuck in legislature. And yes, we're making a lot of progress, but let's not forget, like, the government holds a lot of patents on, you know, CBD and other things. And it feels like there it's stuck because of big business. You know, there's reasons why. Um, whereas psychedelics... And psilocybin specifically, like there's already been a 15 year study with John Hopkins and there's when there's research on it and there's already long term studies. That's when you know that um, uh, decriminalization and some sort of a rescheduling is on the way because pharma is really close. Right. Because, you know, I mean, you've seen everyone like Michael Pollan, like everyone now is talking about um, psilocybin therapy and how they're using it. I mean, they're doing it differently, right? Where they put like a dark mask over their eyes and they do a big dose and it's a different experience. And, um, but it's still, they're doing it. They've been studying it for 15 years. Like that's a big deal. No one says that about cannabis. You know, they say, oh, you know, there are no, we can't make claims because that's never been studied on humans. Well, why not? 
you know? That's the other thing I wanna offer. So ACS Laboratory, we are CLIA licensed. We're also ISO certified and um, DA licensed, but CLIA means that we can do human trials. And I'm really interested in anyone who wants to do a research study now. The federal government is, is actually funding some COVID and cannabis studies. Um, we talk about it on our blog and it's very interesting to me. I, I mean, I really want to support, like we can go on a research grant because everyone needs a lab, a CLIA lab. And if people are thinking about this and um, also the next wave to test for psilocybin, we can do that as soon as it becomes legal. We'll be able to do that as well and have you know a division dedicated to that. And that's why what I'm doing. So Mr. Psychedelic Law, shout out to Dustin Robinson, who is the... Um, really leading this group. Um, Mr. Psychedelic Law is a nonprofit. We're out of Fort Lauderdale and we're um, dedicated to educating the different city, you know, different cities on antheogens and psychedelics. And that's what it takes, right? You've got to start educating the, um, even at the lowest level at the legislatures and also educate, we're going to be having events as well so that pe people can learn so that their idea is not like Woodstock, you know, that we, we have to constantly reframe it and rebrand it in order. What do you, I mean, how do we approach legislators with this? How do we explain this to, to politicians? Well, you know, we have some amazing uh, doctors and attorneys that are going to be speaking and providing some evidence. And then really, you just talk to them about what else is happening in the country. You know, the same way we did with cannabis, like when we moved to Boca, we went and we met with, uh, we met with the city commission and the mayor, and we talked to them about dispensaries. And do you know that none of them had ever been to a dispensary? So we took them to a dispense. I mean, here they voted against it. And they, so you can never assume what people know or they don't know. So you kind of have to just start at the beginning, you know, maybe show them the documentaries, um, show them um, the TED Talks, show, you know, just educate them. So I think it's fear. Really, people are scared of what they don't know. So as much as we can just talk about it and make it less mysterious, you know, so when you talk about um, language and talking about it, ways to, yeah. to maybe present it to people, that's where using the term entheogen is maybe yes. better than talking about psychedelic. And, exactly. and maybe when, you know, Evan referred earlier to our, you know, our default mode network um, and using these scientific words um, instead of scary words um, and slang words that we have before. Destigmatizing is, I think, is one of the keys to what we're, to, you know, getting uh, validity and respect in the, in the, in the culture of antigens. And you know, Masha, you speak about you know doctors doing the research. We at the Reconscious Medical Group, we use cannabis in a clinical slash ceremonial environment, and it's a very transformational experience if used properly. You know, you can just smoke pot and go for a bike ride or go see Indubious and have a great time. But when you put some focused intention into a cannabis ritual in a ceremonial and clinical environment, major transformation can happen that's on the level of using ketamine or, you know, other psychedelics in transformational experiences. You know, the you, you spoke to me earlier when we were reasoning, Masha, about the FDA and the pending approval of MDMA. Could you tell us a little more about that? Sure. So, you know, it's there have been long-term studies and human trials now on MDMA. And um, I think it's been going on for about two years. And there, I have heard that it's going to be fast-tracked and descheduled. To and, and because MDMA has been shown to help fight, you know, depression, PTSD, and it's there. You know, before when you you can't make claims, right? But when you're doing um, a clinical trial, I mean, it's it's backed by the U.S. government. So it's and these trials have been going on for a long time. I mean, I don't think people realize how close we are to rescheduling. We're close, you know. The key, and the same thing with the key to cannabis. It's all about um, changing the, the the reclassification of cannabis as a Schedule One. 
you know, that's where I think the key lies. And I'd be interested in your opinion, Masha, about, you know, what is the key to full acceptance legally? Is it rescheduling? You know, um, I think in, in the condition that the country is in right now, we need the tax revenue. There is no better time to reschedule and make it um, federally legal and tax it and have the plant save the planet the way it's meant to, really. Mm-hmm. So I think the key is... Sure, it's got to go state by state, but the banks, it's got to be bankable. That's the, that's the main thing is it, it has to be bankable. And that will be the key to everything else. Because once it's bankable, then you have, you know, then the money starts to move around. Because right now, there's a bottleneck. So I think that's, and I do believe it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen a lot faster now because of what's happening. And, you know, I think that if we do this right, we actually can deploy a, a, a big chunk of the workforce into cannabis and hemp and really create an economy. And if it's done right. So. Well, you know, that's, that's why I talk about rescheduling from schedule one, because currently federally, they've got all these antigens in schedule one with no medicinal value. So I really push strongly for um, cannabis, especially to be removed from schedule one and to recognize it's, I mean, how could you not recognize it's medical efficacy right now? I mean, it's crazy. And so if we can change our language and have everybody come on board as antigen discussion and yes. change that terminology to rescheduling all of antigens and, and rescheduling from schedule one so that their medical use is recognized. I mean, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And I think that that's why research is so important. You know, um, I think what's going to fast forward cannabis is the fact that now there are, there are research studies going on in Israel and um, Alberta was the last one that I heard where they were studying. It's um, the, the ability to treat certain COVID symptoms and also to raise the immunity. And so when you have research dollars and we have uh, actual human trials to back this, then people can't look away. They can't, you know, then there's nothing else that they could do. And I think rescheduling it and you're 100%. That's what needs to be done. There's a lot of forces at play against that. You know, that, that's going to be a tough one. Because the, the corporate interests and the pharmaceutical interests in continuing the classification to keep this out of the hands of the everyman. Um, well, strong. you know, what's crazy is that even so, um, Kratom, which is considered an antheogen, right? Which Kratom is, was a 5,000-year-old plant that built the Indonesian economy. And again, not a lot of education on it, but it's... It's both a stimulant and a depressant and a painkiller, and it's got so many different uses. Um, they tried to schedule that and make it a schedule one, but it, that didn't go through. Um, morning glory is an antheogen. You know, so there's like different plants. Like we, we, we don't know. There's so much we don't know um, that to, to focus on, it's just silly, right? It's like to focus on this one element and just get stuck on it. It just doesn't make sense. It's as if the pharmaceutical companies, look, it's, they're going to lose sales, right? We all know that as soon as, as soon as um, cannabis and psilocybin are federally legal. There's no doubt that people are going to start, re- you know, relying on that kind of plant medicine. You know, I think the other thing we have to think about, how do we, right now, you know, the pharmaceutical industry and, and the authorities, they have these medications, plant medicines, you know, kind of specifically for certain diagnoses, right? So it's like, it's legitimate and it's medical if you have depression. Legitimate, medical, <clears throat> if you have PTSD. But what, what they're not addressing at all is the, the legitimate medical aspect to improving our wellness that right. these medications are a gateway to. 
I mean, they still don't do that with cannabis, right? It has to be for in Colorado. It's got to be for a handful of conditions. It, it can't just be for anxiety. Well, it has to be for a specific type of anxiety, right? Right. right, right. Well, I think, that, I mean, look, if I look at our society, right? Like you have to call in sick to work. Why can't I call and be like, hey, I feel awesome today. I'm not coming in. You know, like, it's just like, call so, in Irene. Like, why? But that's that's where you work for me for sure. I like Irene's <laughs> Irene Friday. <laughs> I know, and I thought that too. I'm like, you know, since we are reinventing this new world, I think I'm gonna work four four days on and three days off. Like why not? You know, let's recreate it now. We have the ability to do that. No, there's and, been and in my life. Um, sorry to cut you off, brother. There's been times in my no, life, um, you know, something's kind of changed and I ended up having so much fun with my friends and family that I kind of forgot about work and started focusing so much on living in that current moment. And what I've noticed in those times is I would um, experience remarkable growth in all the areas in my life where all the work, all the quote unquote work before was feeling pointless. And so my belief is that sometimes um, just working on our vibration and creating an attraction, a point of attraction through our emotions of feeling super blessed, super, you know, grateful, stoked, happy. It brings more of that to us. And um, yeah. the universe knows how to provide for us what we need. We just need to allow it to do such by not offering so much resistance through our stupid brain thoughts. That's my belief. Yes. No, I feel you, Evan. That's awesome. And, and, you know, there's this concept that you're out of your mind to get out of your mind. I mean, where did they come up with this craziness? Because, you know, many people are having this, you know, quote, rites of passage into consciousness at age 60, at yeah. age 70. You know, let's open up the discussion to, you know, the, the concept of a rites of passage at a younger age um, that, that would give us, you know, instead of just having 10 or 20 years to realize your full potential, but to have that be something that is, um, you know, a whole lifetime. I first did LSD in 1972 at age 12, and it changed me right away. And from that point on, I saw things differently. My friends discovered alcohol at this junior high party. I was on Orange Sunshine, and I watched these idiots bumble around, throw up at each other, knock stuff over, and look like total fools. And I was sitting there rethinking Art Linkletter's daughter dying, rethinking all the stigmatism and anti-supported uh, propaganda that had been put out about psychedelics. And I looked at these drunken fools, and I looked into my individual self, and I saw the realized me at age 12, and it's been a nonstop journey for me personally to, you know, embrace my real authentic self. And I'd, I'd love to see this, you know, transformational experiences that you call it maybe a rite of passage. I'd like to see that happening at a younger age than 60. What do you guys think? I completely agree. And I think that is the way that um, human beings as a race, have, we've tribally um grown to the state that we're in now through this process because it was a, it was a it was a um, rite of passage for a young young boy you know becoming a man i think maybe 14 or 16 years old they'd take him out to the woods and they'd have um a spiritual experience in which they would see the divinity the source from which they come and allow to perceive things from a larger perspective from our higher self perspective because anything other than that is simply narrow-minded from our human perspective which we have to know how to operate in but it's only a small part of of what we are and so it's this global community communal misunderstanding of what we are as energy beings that is the root that is at the root of most of our problems but the beautiful thing is the world is waking up things are getting better you know when i was a kid like masha was saying when i was a kid man you had to hide behind the school to go smoke some weed or whatever you know and it was real bad i got caught with a pipe and i had to, i went to um i got you know community and stuff and like all this and now it's different like i'm in oregon man and no one cares at all people are smoking out in the streets it's beautiful and it's just growing and growing more and more and like you were saying through the covid um experience 
I think that people are now even awakening even more and more to alternative ways of thinking because there's been a pattern interrupt, much like psychedelics entheogens can be a pattern interrupt for our mind. This virus has been a pattern interrupt for our very um, unwell society. And so now we're looking at things, do they make sense? And all the fats being cut away, non-essential is no longer essential. Businesses that are operating out of, you know, greed and, you know, whatever superfluous ends are, are simply drying up and no longer existing. So we believe in amazing time right now it's incredible to be here and i i love what you're saying and especially because now it's so important to let go of the fear and i think fear is what holds people back and with with antheogens and even just in in going inward because what do we have to do? We have to stay inside to save our lives, right? And just be with ourselves. Like that could save us if we just, just be still. So we've had to be still. And I think what you were talking about, like the, the non-duality and that highest experience of, you know, self-actualization of realizing that you are, you are one with everything. And that to, to, to experience that because the mind is and the body are the same thing, right? Mind, the mind and the body is the same thing. The body is the conscious mind, right? But to be able to get what that means and experience the non-duality, I mean, that that's what heals disease, right? And for people to get that, they're not going to get that through a lecture. They have to get that through a guide. And it starts with you know, the early experiences and being that guide for people so that they, they have the right experience during the ceremony. And, but then also the integration back that I, that's what kind of, you know, I love what's happening and how quickly things are progressing, but Mark, like I, I would love to hear more about what you're seeing in terms of like psychoanalysis and where you feel like the breakthroughs can be had with psychedelics. I mean, I think the importance, whether it's psychoanalysis or cognitive behavioral therapy or strictly behavioral therapy or gestalt therapy, transpersonal therapy, I think the beauty of psychedelic work is the therapist can take whatever school of thought that they're prepared in and what they use and apply that to psychedelic work. I mean, I think that that's the beauty is when you have a, a therapist who's skilled in whatever modality they use, and then you combine that with the spiritual side that, that psychedelics can provide. So can you like take someone back in the moment? Can you take them back into the, like the security and the light that they felt in the experience and use that? That's that's kind of sadness and all that. Yeah, I mean, so that's the integration work for a lot of people, right? Is because when we're in this place of of beauty and spirituality, to hold on to that and to remember it and to bring those visions and realizations and changed perceptions into our everyday. That's the integration work. Like these It's not like you can just magically eat mushrooms and have your life changed. Right. Yeah. They do, you know, recreate some neural pathways and give you new ways of thinking. But if you drop back into those negative pathways, you've been living forever without addressing them or changing them. It's going to be a very short lived increase in mood. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the integration of that experience and the exercise of the integration every day as much as you can that will give you long-lasting improvement. About generating new well, thoughts and using those new thoughts to take new actions. And so you actually can um, build a new life around yourself because it's very easy for people to go have a therapeutic experience and um, feel, oh my God, I'm healed. And they go back home. I want to share something. So like I've, um, I've been microdosing for about a year and a half 
And I did a macro dose um, back in, I think it was like last December. And somehow, and the mushrooms told me to stop drinking alcohol. Like they just said it was time to take a break. And I don't know what, it was just that message. So I was like, okay, January 1st, I'm going to take a break. And thank God, you know, so I, how many months now? What is it? It's May something. I haven't had a drink. And I think that a big part of it is because of the psilocybin. I think that it is, it has a way, yeah, you have to take the action. And of course it was the action of stopping, but I think the, the potential to, to like overcome any kind of repetitive behavior, any kind of like negative self-talk or any, anything that we do to disempower ourselves, you know, that comes from the plants. It's like the plant, it's how it's, I, I think of it as like, I think of it as like, this is how the plants talk to each other. Right. And they're, they're talking to us and they're giving us this insight. And so, and I thank God and I'm, and I'm with people all the time who are drinking a lot. And I was out on a boat and everyone was drinking and it's like, listen, that's what they're doing. And that's okay. And there's not even that like, Oh, I'm depriving myself. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it's like, I just choose to not, I don't know where that came from, but it's a, it's a power, you know I mean? I know it came from me, but I'm just saying, it's like, a, you know, you, so you start to, you know, um, it's just a so I, that this, yeah. So I, I got to jump in because I, I love this story and it's a story that I hear over and over within, within this community is, and none like, I'm not talking to people who are, you know, we're straight laced people who never had a drink. Right. But like right. part of this work seems to be not wanting to, waste your brain cells without on, on substances without having something positive coming from it right back to what we were talking about earlier evan like getting something out of this not out of the experience right so having it be a wellness orient oriented experience you know, very different ways to use these quote-unquote medicines and the only difference between a medicine and a poison is dosage right but it's like <laughs> approaching it from an avenue of wanting to escape from something that's uncomfortable or approaching it from a more holistic sense that we're wanting to enter the uncomfortable feeling to figure, figure it out and give it a voice and allow it to say what it wants to say. So then it can then be cleared effortlessly from our energy. So I think it's, um, it's a real, it's a real, uh, good way to use any substance is going, what is my intention with this? You know. And so, man, and people often, uh, that's people what I often want people to hear. Yeah. You know, people are often stuck in the numbness of their chosen libation versus the awareness of a potentially new libation. And that's what I experience. And I hear Masha and Evan saying the same thing. It's a, it's a consciousness awareness versus a numbing and a, and a desensitizing. It's an, you know, oversensitizing and resensitizing to, the real authentic self that's just begging for attention. And we often live from our scars. We live from our trauma, our drama, and it can be heavy for people. And I, I totally understand how people can get to the point where they just don't want to deal with it. But I, I know that through the use of antigens, especially in the reconscious medical groups work, how we take people on that journey that we're all speaking of to that other side and then, continue to remind them of what that felt like so they can integrate it and remember it. So when they get on that boat, they look at people drinking and go, no judgment, but no, thank you. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a, a personal step that, that happens when people have that experience and reminded of it. And as Evan said, they don't just go back home and go back to the same old unsustainable destructive patterns. Instead, they're yearning for that new awakened self. And when you realize it, it's like, wow, like, this is me. This is what, this is my full, authentic, realized potential self me is. And that's where the power of staying away from numbness or to change addictions is to be able to embrace and celebrate that new realized self. And then there's really no room for the old damaged self. Well said, man. Yeah. That was kind of a showstopper. Um, you're, with the, you're, with the, <laughs> you're with the Reconscious Medical Group. And we have a program here called the Reconscious Medical Hour right here on the Adam Dunn Network. 
I want to remind everybody that if you're really enjoying what you're seeing today, tell your friends and your family because um, soon after the program, this will be this program will be available on YouTube forever. This is volume five, epic sode, as I call it, epic sode, epic sode five, where we're seeking out some of the greatest minds in the world and bringing them here on the program so that we can get deeper and in inspiring the, 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 the whole world and affect global change for each and every one. We have this global platform and we thank the Adam Dunn Network and Face of Base for allowing us this global platform to reach out to people and maybe remind them of something that they knew or maybe expose them to something that they didn't know. So um, in closing, I would like to have uh, Evan, you know, now's your time to plug your thing and let people know where they can find out more about you and your band and all that. Mr. Universe. Oh, well, you know, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, my band's called Indubious. You can just Google that. We got all stuff around. We got music and more music to come, and that's all fair and well. But I would like to leave, leave y'all with a, a more um, unifying message, not from ego, but from, you know, the real purpose of why I wanted to be involved in this is that, you know, I, I believe that um, we are the creators of our experience. And by awakening to our own power to create our world around us and our own divinity, um, we can um, harbor better um, experiences for ourselves and for others and um, have more joy in our lives, you know? So for me, it's been, a, it's been a long journey of learning to love myself and understand that I deserve to be loved and feel loved. And that when I, and when I feel that, I attract more of that into my life. And um, it's been a hard decision for me to make um, saying that I am the creator of what I attract because it's very easy to blame. But when you take credit for that, take credit for the good, take credit for the bad, um, you're now free because you are it. You always have been. You always will be. It's a beautiful place to be. I'd recommend it to everyone. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I really support the work you guys are doing, and I'm happy to come here anytime to be with y'all. So blessed love. You are so beautiful, man. Thanks, bro. Thank you for sharing your message, Evan. I I really just loved it, man, every moment. Thanks, brother. It's an honor to be here. A lot of love for you guys. Good, good to um, meet you, Masha. It's great to meet you. Love revolutionary, as can be right there. Love revolutionary. But, yeah. Okay, Masha, if you'd like to uh, take a moment to let people know more about your organizations, what you're doing, how to reach out, and if, and if you have uh, anything you'd like our, our viewing audience to, to uh, take home with them. Now's the time. So, um, so acslabcannabis.com. That's the website for the laboratory. If anybody has any, I'll just extend this. Um, anyone who is getting into hemp or cannabis and wants to even just has questions about testing and or anything that has to do with cannabinoids, the major cannabinoids, like just wants to geek out, they can reach out. And um, but on a bigger scale. Uh, the research division that we're going to be uh, focused on is, you know, I'm really passionate about that. And I, you know, spoke about that. So anyone that has um, a research grant or anything like that, if they need a laboratory and um, of course, Mr. Psychedelic Law, I'm very excited about that. So we're going to be, as soon as we're allowed to come in and educate, I guess, as soon as they open up the, the city commissions, but you know, we're, um, we're going to be working on, a, on an event, at least a virtual event soon. And then um, the work that we're doing with, with the hemp farmers, I'm really excited about that. And so uh, people know me in Florida, they can reach out, you know, um, my Instagram is the Masha Room Club. And the research that I'm doing on psilocybin, um, if anyone wants to speak to me about that privately, I'm open for that as well. And, you know, Evan, I love your message. And I think that and music is also such a big part of my life and it's a big part of our healing. And, you know, the things that I, you know, the ability to, to go into our own minds and to, you know, to, to go out of our minds and into our minds and to use, you know, to use music and to also just to be aware of just the bigger picture. I think that the message is that, you know, we just can't get, it causes disease, right? If we get too far from nature and from ourselves and from our true purpose in the world, that's, you get sick. And, and we do have a chance to sort of recreate our world right now. And I'm excited to do it with all of you. 
know, I think we can do great work together. Exciting times. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We have Dr. Mark with a K. He's our uh, medical advisor and, and the founder of the Reconscious Medical Group. Mark, do you want to give the people some message or anything you want to add? Yeah, let's, let's keep working towards love and light this week. Let, let's keep that vision in front of us and, and where we want to keep traveling to. And if we're integrating and we're on the pathway with integration, keep it up. Remember to exercise your mind like a muscle. True that. Your mind is a muscle and you can do gratitude rituals to remind your mind of its true life. So many people work out their bodies. If we all worked out our minds as much as we worked out our bodies, we'd be physically, mentally, spiritually fit and we'd be able to conquer any obstacles that come in our way because we are empowered individuals. And collectively, the human collective consciousness can solve any problem. There's no problem too great whether it's a personal problem or a planetary problem or an intergalactic problem, we have the power. We are the ones that can make the change that we're looking for. And it starts right here in writing the next testament on your heart, spreading within your community, and continuing to live from your authentic, powerful self. So I, Ross TV, encourage everyone to do your best. Well said. That's all it takes. Do your best and, and do what we all can and and uh you know climb the highest mountain and when you get to the top you can shout a joyful noise unto the most high of appreciation of gratitude and of love for the human race that's where we're at beautiful awesome beautiful blessings you are with the reconscious medical hour on the notorious adam dunn network we're here every sunday at 4 20 mountain time and as i said this program will be on youtube for iva so you can uh, please spread the word to those near and far, because we're talking about some basic information that's revolutionary consciousness in these times. So one of our missions is to bring it forward to the basics. So once again, thank you, all of our viewers, special best, and we really appreciate everyone's time, energy, and support. You can find us at thereconsciousmedical.com and reach out to us through there if you have more that you'd like to share with us we're on twitter and facebook and all those great platforms and i encourage everyone to stay in your empowered selves and continue jaw love reconscious medical hour right here on the notorious adam dunn network thank you